Hello everyone, home is where the heart is. The heartful interaction between parents and their children sets the foundation for the people our children will turn out to be. Home is a show where we will be exploring on how parents can navigate the realities of raising our future leaders. My name is Eva Christodoulou and I'm with the research and development team here in Leaderonomics. Welcome home. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of developing character. Character is fundamental in uh, developing uh, one's leadership potential and today we will explore why is that. So to do that we have with us uh, Roshan Thiran, co-founder and CEO of Leaderonomics and the initiator of our Science of Building Leaders here. Uh, Roshan, why is character so critical in leadership? It's a tough question uh, to some extent, but also it's very pertinent. I mean, here's, here's, here's why I think character is so important, because if you look at all the things that you become later in life, uh, whether you become a great leader, your motivations to do certain things, whether you want to be an inventor or a scientist or whatever it is, right? Those things actually fundamentally draw its initial beginnings from character. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the things we set up is this whole science of building leader framework, right? One of the things we found that was fundamentally game-changing is that a lot of leadership development, you know, how we make leaders, uh, who, or how we develop these leaders, right, start at a stage where they are teenagers or start at a stage where they, they come into the corporate world and say, we need to morph these guys into leaders and managers and capable people to take this organization further. But a lot of that, actually, the foundations of it is determined by parents, by teachers, by the character that is molded in the early years of a child. Right. And, and character itself, I mean, we, we talk about uh, this framework and maybe we will touch a little bit about that there's different types of character. So I'll give, I'll give you a quick example of the why it's important, right? So let's talk about motivation, mm-hmm. right? And so in many cases, there a person will say, I'm, um, you know, I'm motivated to do this. Now, part of it, and, and when he does it, he fails. Uh, for that person to be re-motivated, to re-engage in that topic or in that space or in the work that they are doing, right, requires uh, some form of character development, probably a character called grit. Right. Uh, or, or they've gone through certain development of character where they failed, failed and succeeded. And they know that, hey, I know I'll fail, but ultimately I'll succeed. Um, and that's really character. And, and so, you know, if you think about simple things like getting things done, finishing a project they start, right? It, yes. Foundation comes from the character for either, you know, some, somewhere between grit and the ability to be resilient. Um, and, and those things are critical. So that's why right. character, the ability to be able to look at your child and say, how do I build the right character? Um, and, and we talk about three things, right? A performance character, moral character, intellect character. How do we build those things? And how do we enable those things to be expanded throughout the life of a child so that they morph into something else? So that yeah. character becomes value sometimes it becomes motivation becomes habit um, and when that you know re, you know kind of permeates in a person's life they automatically will start doing things that it's hard for you to say oh this guy is a leader this guy is not but it's not genetic you know it's really something learned and it's really derived of character so so we separated in our framework in three different types of car- uh, character and within that we have of course a few different character traits so we have the the moral character, the performance character, and then the intellectual character. Let's start with the moral character. Why moral character? We're essentially talking about things like integrity, honesty, um, uh, being grateful, and all that. And um, in fact, that's the one that a lot of parents would naturally focus on when they are developing their children. But why is it so crucial in leadership? 
you know, today, I think with the development of character, you know, there's whole uh, study, a bunch of studies being done on character and then schools like KIPP, the KIPP project and the, and the Riverside project. I mean, there's a whole bunch of projects that are going on in terms of developing character. And a lot of focus is on performance character. But we forget that actually moral character has a huge impact on what you end up doing or the way you end up. So it's, it's you know, sometimes there's the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law is as important as the letter of the law, the process of getting there. And a lot of it is written by moral character so for example you take two characters like Mother Teresa and Adolf Hitler mm -hmm. now both of them if you look at it at a purely purely leadership perspective both of them had pretty good leadership skills you know one you know was able to draw a whole millions of people together to do crazy stuff right go and kill others uh, but he managed to I mean that's what leadership is like convincing and influencing a group of people to achieve a certain task and he did that really well, at least in the early part of World War II. Um, you know, he mustered the entire German nation and many other nations to follow suit, to go out and, you know, this, uh, this crazy genocide and other things, that they, the atrocities that happened there. The other person um, went out to India and convinced a whole bunch of doctors, lawyers, and a whole bunch of people to give up their professions, or for a while, temporarily, to volunteer in an ashram in the slums of India to be able to help some orphans. Now, both, you know, exhibited great influencing skills. However, if you start looking at that ability to influence and all that stuff, if you start looking at why one went so wrong and why the other went so right, I mean, in terms of uh, the morality that we, we understand, you know, out in the world sure. today, um, actually, it stems from this whole moral character. Probably, again, I'm, I'm, I'm guesstimating this, right? So when, when uh, Hitler went out there and said, look, I have a vision, uh, and my vision is to unite Germany and blah, 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 his motivation, right, uh, stemmed from some form of revenge. You know, something must have happened between him and some Jews or so something that triggered some anger, some hate, some, some animosity that said, okay, my goal is when I become the leader, I will show you. You know, so his goal to get to become a leader, you know, is driven by a certain character to drive revenge, to drive certain negative character traits. Now, Mother Teresa, you know, came with a very different character, truly to help people, truly to share, truly to give. And, and these are characters that was molded very early in her life with her parents, right? Her parents molded her, you know, to give, to share. And, and as she grew up, that, that character permeated in her and it manifested in the life that she lived and in the leadership. So the manifestation of your character is totally seen in leadership. So we we'll see many leaders, right? We, we've seen that where they're great, they have the great performance capability. They can be great leaders, but somehow when they reach there, they become selfish, they become greedy, they become self-centered. And those are manifestation of lack of moral character development. Right. And so moral character development is critical in addition to performance character. So, I mean, the, the flip side is I'm very moral and this is what happens a lot. We do a lot of education on moral character, but we forget performance. So we got a lot of people with good hearts and good intentions, but sure. just can't execute, just can't get things done, just can't have the grit to be resilient, to be able to overcome the odds, to fail and fail and still go on to succeed, right? And, and that's performance character. So both are critically important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually interesting because a lot of companies have a set of values and usually um, many of their moral. values are very moral. So yes. you, you have integrity, for example, it's a, it's a very common uh, organizational value. But then when it comes to actually developing it or really seeing how do I get my employees to really adhere by it and what, what I mean by integrity is very difficult yeah, in, yeah. in essence. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, performance character. 
And um, here we are talking about driving, uh, driving performance, driving achievement. And uh, these are also um, character traits that we need to develop early on in, uh, in life. Um, and in fact, through our research as well for this framework that we have, we found that uh, many of the leaders that we spoke to, they've already uh, identified or they, they can trace back, uh, you know, their willingness to uh, work very hard, for example, or their willingness to be determined in what they do uh, back to their childhood, uh, the, the way that their parents raised them up, the way that their teachers kind of um, acted on them and all that. Uh, how do these character traits, the performance drive ones, um, help you in your leadership journey, yeah. in your so, experience? So, I mean, performance traits, I mean, so th there's a bunch of performance traits. So we must understand what are performance traits. For, so, so things like self-control, mm -hmm. the ability to be able to weather and wait um, and be patient to achieve a greater end, you know, when you call delayed gratification, it's a, yes. it's a part, part and form of self-control. Things like grit, you know, the ability to be able to withstand pain, to be resilient and be able to still go ahead and do it, yes. conscientiousness, to be rewarded, not for something you get, you know, now, but for the long term, right? So, I mean, as you start to look at zest, you know, the ability to have that energy and excitement in what you do and passion, right? So when you start looking at, you know, all these different character, uh, performing character traits, there's a bunch of them, right? Now, each of them takes different sort of interventions to de develop them. So one of the things we do, you know, in camps, for example, we start to see how do we develop this ability to fail and still succeed? And so we, we designed the camp in such a way that the first three, four days, they would fail. They, they work in little projects, but these projects were impossible to succeed, right? But somehow, miraculously, on day five or day six, when, when senior leaders or CEOs come in and they pitch out their, their final projects and their output, somehow we kind of design it in such a way that they will succeed beyond their wildest dreams. And so they start in their mind having this model that fail, fail, succeed. Now, what happens on the flip side is somebody says, hey, uh, let me learn how to ride a bicycle. And they start and then they fail. And then they fail the second time, the third time they're bleeding all over, you know, having a fall. The fourth or fifth time, the person will say, I don't want, I, I'm not good enough. So it happened with my daughter recently where, no, I can't, I can't. And she's, you know, almost nine, right? She's like eight and couldn't drive. I said, no, you can. And so I spent, I almost broke my back. Like I had to like hold her. And, and then I took her on the bike with me one round and then I held her again. And then we did this until she could do this, right? And it, it spent, I spent five days doing this and a couple of hours each day, but we did it, right? And ultimately she now believes she can do stuff. I mean, character molding is little interventions that happen that are designed. So for example, example, in the KIPS schools, they figure out how to embed, um, you know, the whole ability to have self-control to some extent. Um, and and I, again, I forget exactly some of the details, but essentially they say, look, at the start of the day, help kids to set up their day. So they know, okay, you, here's my agenda. I'm going to do this at three and four and this and that. And as they do that, right, they start to adhere to a schedule. They start to change their behavior. And I don't know how, you know, you know, nobody really understands why it works in such a way. But for whatever reason, when they are committed to a certain cause, they tend to, you know, execute it and then they tend to follow it. And then they start to develop different forms of character. So character develops in, in many, many different forms. I mean, performance character. So, and there's a bit of a science to it now. I mean, we're starting to understand like, you know, self-control, willpower. And you see a lot of books, right? Um, you know, I, I think uh, there's some many, many books on willpower. Uh, there's uh, Angela Duck's work, uh, work on, uh, on, uh, on grit. Um, and then you have uh, a couple of other, you know, uh, seminal works that are out there now on different different specifics but what we try to do is try to look at it holistically and say look at look at what are all the performance uh, traits and how did it stack and some of them have to be dealt as early as three years old four years old some you know when they're in the 
teenage years when they are with their friends and how what we call social intelligence uh, uh, traits start to kick in. Uh, right. So it's, it's really relative, uh, but it's important to understand that there is a process of developing performance traits. All right, let's take a short break and we'll be back soon to talk about intellectual character. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world over our range of shows tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. We talk about intellectual character as part of our three uh, character categories that we have. And it's probably the hardest one to understand exactly yeah. what we mean by that. Um, what is intellectual yeah. character? And, and, and it's hard because it's contextual. Mm. And this is where it gets complex, right? So we, we're very clear, okay, performance character is great, it's willpower, it's so on and so forth. You know, moral character is about giving, it's about sharing, about integrity. I mean, it's all this stuff that is very clear cut. There's no black and white. But intellectual character, it depends on the context of where you are. So if you happen to be in a country like Malaysia, for example, where there is a lack of self-confidence on certain things, oh, I'm Malaysian, that means I'm not so good. Because, you know, look at these Americans or the Europeans, oh, they're better than us. So there is something that there's a belief that has been seeped into their mind because of certain things that happen during their early character development. And this is what we call intellectual character. For example, they may believe that I can't really um, be able to give much. Now, that's a moral character, right? But the belief, right, is that they have a scarcity belief that if I give, right, I won't have enough for myself. Now, that belief is what needs to be changed. So giving itself, that moral character of giving, can be taught. Uh, but if that belief that if I give, I won't have enough for myself, then moral character won't be able to be executed on. So it's, it's really intellectual characters are beliefs that are resident in a context or in a situation. So in a certain family, and, and we see this dichotomy in rich families and poor families. Why is it that you know, these poor families, not, do, not only is the poverty gap one, but there are certain beliefs uh, and Robert Kiyosaki, I think in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, talked about these beliefs, right? Yes. The poor dad communicates this and the rich dad communicates that. And that is how your intellectual character starts to develop. You start to develop beliefs that I can, I'm not so good at this, I'm not so good at that, uh, and, and, and so on. And to try to understand this, we need to understand the culture and the context of the space. So if you happen to be in an urban city and you happen to be in this country, in Malaysia, you know, these generally are what people believe. And this is translated into the young folks and this becomes their intellectual character, right? So these are intellectual beliefs that, they, that reside in them. And so to, to negate that, right? Or to build new ones, right? So instead of a scarcity mindset, how do we have an abundance mindset? How do we believe that the more we give, the better you are? And a lot of it, again, you know, going, like going Mother Teresa, yesterday I met a guy who said that, you know, he was so reluctant to give, but finally he gave and he felt blessed. You know, somehow he felt luck was, you know, things became better for him. And he started to give more and started to give more. And then he started to change his belief that actually giving is good. Um, and the more he gives, the more blessed he is. So, so and these are beliefs that are residing. So the, the character itself is, is about giving, but the beliefs are the ones that negate it. So actually, intellectual character drives a direct correlation to performance and, and your morality. Um, but it's, the, it's kind of the hinge 
that enables it to happen or not. Right? So these are the mindsets that would either hold us back or really uh, prompt us to, Enable to us keep to going grow. further. Yeah, yeah yes. absolutely. And, and I mean, that's another one, growth mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people just have this belief intellectually that, oh, I've, I'm, I'm done with learning, you know, I, I, but yes. the world keeps changing, right? And you need to keep learning, right? So to have that belief, and this happens very early, right? This intellectual mindset is incorporated. I'm done with this year, so I'm done. I'm done with learning for this year. Uh, but you never stop learning, right? Every day you're learning new stuff, right? And that's a growth mindset, you know, and Carol Dweck, uh, she, she did some great work, you know, in terms of understanding the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. So a lot of people have done work individually, uh, but as you start to look at it collectively, then you start to see patterns and you start to see, and this is something new, right? I mean, most people talk about moral character and performance character. In our Science of Building Leader framework, we added in perform, uh, intellectual character because yeah. it's something important, especially in developing countries, because we are seeded with certain beliefs that we need to eradicate. Uh, or we need to shift, you know, maybe shift is a better word uh, to use. I, I actually read a, a study done by uh, Time magazine um, a couple of years back, and it was talking about, um, I think it was about nine um, uh, successful pairs of siblings. And uh, why is it that they are so successful and the common things that they had? And one of them was, uh, one, they were all for uh, from migrant families in the US, which uh, of course is a disadvantage on its own because they start from nothing essentially. Uh, but then the other thing that they also had was very supportive parents. So one of them, for example, they would just, uh, uh, every night when the two girls used to go to sleep, he used to say, you can, you can do it, you're amazing. So so it's the, it's essentially giving them the idea that they can't do much more than what their parents yeah. could do. And, and you know, that's interesting thing because there's another great study, uh, uh, forget, Bob, Bob Vanarek, I think, uh, and his son wrote a book uh, on this migrant population, why they're so successful in the US. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the Cubans, the Nigerians, the Indians, the, why is it that somehow they, are, they should be at a disadvantage, but they're not? And actually, one of the things that talks about is character. Because they had to go through hardship, they develop character. And a lot of character is developed in hardship, in pain. So because they they saw their parents go through that, they started to push themselves even harder. And that ability to work hard, the ability to push yourself, I mean, these are all performance characters that essentially started being rubbed off from the parents. Now, in your home turf, you tend to be comfortable, you tend to be easy. And that's another big problem with rich kids. You know, parents who are rich uh, or, or wealth or middle class and above, they tend to make their lives of their kids very comfortable. And in the process, character... Uh, education is diminished. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's very funny. Uh, but actually, there's an advantage to having disadvantages. Yes, definitely. And and there's, there's a reason that some, uh, let's say, let's take the, the example of migrants. Uh, some migrants actually make it and they become very successful and some don't. don't yeah. uh, and it's, 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 it's intellectual character. intellectual character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. All right. So how do you develop character in children then when we're talking to parents? Um, and, and of course, it changes uh, depending on their, their age as well. But how do you go about developing character? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, two of the best known examples for teachers, right? So um, let me start with the teaching profession mm-hmm. first and, and schools and how they can play a role um, is, is David Levin of the Kip schools um, and, and of course Dominic Randolph uh, from the Riverdale Middle uh, schools in, in the US um, and, and they were driven primarily by an education mantra developed by a Russian and a bunch of folks took took that and say, how do we start to use that to develop uh, character? And and one of the things they did is they worked with uh, psychologists, uh, Seligman and Peterson, and, and they started to look at all these traits that really could be taught in schools. And they picked actually, you know, there was 24 over 
performance traits. They look at performance traits primarily. So they found to have 24 performance, character performance traits. How do we nail it down to the most essential? And they picked seven, which was grit, self-control, zest, social intelligence, gratitude, optimism, and curiosity. If you think about it, right, curiosity, actually, the ability to ask questions, the ability to, to wonder, enables you to invent, to be creative, to then also be able to be good in terms of, as a leader, to, to have that kind of ability to pivot your, pro, your product or your services into a new era. Now, all that comes again from character, and that character is curiosity. You know, we look at companies and, and they have buzzwords called innovation and so on, right? But the, the, the foundation of it comes from a performance character called curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, so they looked at it and they said, how do we do this and you can google this I mean they, they, they came up with this thing called the dual purpose instruction um, where teachers would bring in character discussions into uh, the classroom setting you know there's another great book I really love uh, I think I shared that with you uh, How Children Succeed by Paul Tuff I think he's a journalist or something but, but he started to research on what people are doing all over the world in terms of developing and he found that the number one reason why children succeed is because of character development and, and there's a number of interventions uh, that teachers can play but I think more importantly is what the role parents can play I, you know, I think there's a group called Character Lab that actually sells uh, playbooks to teachers to develop character. Uh, parents and coaches and others can also get those playbooks and, and, and access them. And, and primarily, they focus on those seven areas. If you think about your child and you start looking at your child, and, and it's tough, uh, and we all struggle. I mean, I, I think we all struggle. And we only know if we did a good job, right? You know, when the kids are married and have their own kids and, oh, we did a good job, right? Uh, so, we, we, you know, our report card is not yet out. I think every day is a new okay. challenge in we, itself We just for experiment for now. <laughs> yeah, and, and we get to keep experimenting. But one thing you can, you can look at yourself and say, look, my child, um, let's take intellectual character. Let's say he plays games, you know. Does he give up? Why? Um, you know, is it, is it because of a capability or, or, or performance character that he lacks or is it because of an intellectual character? So if you're just asking the question and, you know, like you said before, you know, you can do it, you can do it, right? I mean, a lot of uh, studies have shown that when parents give a kid self-confidence, but that self-confidence cannot be fake. I remember my son said, yeah, yeah, I know you, I know you, you said I'm good, but actually I'm not, right? Uh, but, but you're my parent, of course you're going to say I'm good, right? Uh, so I'm like, and my son is a, quite an intellectual, so you, know, you have to kind of, and he reads, right? So he knows like, you know, what parents should say and so on and so forth. And I said, that's true. Um, but you know, as we started to dialogue a bit deeper, you know, we started to see his biggest fears and you know, what, why was he not wanting to you know, push and why this happened. And as we start talking about it, and I share little stories about myself. You know, when I was in this situation, this happened. Um, and we talked a little bit about the character that I showed, you know, like, hey, he, you know, he told me recently, I want to I have a six pack. Um, so, okay, great. Uh, so what are you going to do about it? Then I said, we'll do it together. So both of us are like, okay. And then the other day, he, I, I showed him, show him a bit of my muscle. I said, look, this is what I got. Um, wow, that's more muscle than I have in my whole body. I said, yeah, but what can you do about it? What do you need to do about it? You know, um, I did something about it. You can too, right? I can't. No, you can, right? Um, why can't you? You know, the, the, you know and as you, as you dialogue with these guys, and then you create interventions, you know, the intervention, like the what I did with my daughter, right? Look, you can, and here's how. I'm going to do it together with you. I remember a great story where um, Ted Kennedy, um, and it was at his funeral, and I was watching um, the uh, video of his funeral, and his son was giving a speech. Now, his son, at the age of 12, lost his leg. So, he, you know, he was kind of down, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm really sad. And, and his father said, look, 
every year we kind of go, you know, kind of snowboarding or, I mean, they, they kind of climb up a hill and then they go down on a sledge. Um, he said, let's do it. He said, I can't, I don't have a leg. What are you talking about, Dad? He said, no, we can. Of course we can. And he said, no, I can't, I can't walk. He's like, no, you can. And, and you know, together with his sort of prosthetic legs. and oh, He took him eight hours to climb the hill. But the father just said, no, we can, we can, we can. And they did it, right? And then they went down. And, and he was in tears. And in the funeral, he was saying, you know, that incident changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because then I believed I could, right? And that made such a huge difference. That was an intellectual character that was blocking him, a negative intellectual character. And they worked out how to overcome it. We also have to be, you know, and I, I have the same problem, right? We're very busy. Our time with our children is limited, right? Because they're in school most of the day. They have a bunch of activities and they're tired when they come back and they want to play with their iPad. But if you can just kind of say, you know, and, and look through the character, I mean, just pick a couple of characters, you know. I want to help them have self-control. So a simple thing, you know, which what I do with my kids is say, look, I'm not going to let you play the iPad now, but if you hold it, uh, you know, for the next three days, I will give you two sessions on a Saturday or something like that. Does it work? Uh, it does to some extent. I mean, initially it was no, uh, but after a while, you know, my daughter said, oh, okay, because um, she didn't really care. And then he's like, no fair, she has two, right? Yeah, but you could have done it too. Okay. It's like the marshmallow experiment, but yes. it takes a bit of doing. It may take longer for different children, but you got to keep going at it. And, and you only have a certain window, right? I mean, so, you know, once they hit about the 12, 13, 14, you lose them, right? I mean, their friends becomes their big influence. So their character starts to be formulated by their friends. And, and usually it's a manifestation of the parents, right? Uh, you know, parents' character gets translated a lot to the children. And it's not the easiest thing to do because you cannot control these things, right? Sure. Uh, but again... Um, you know, you kind of do as best as you can and then you pray a lot. And then so, so it's a lot to do with uh, observing, uh, being, being very observant on how your child is doing, what their uh, the, the difficulties are, their challenges are, and, uh, and then uh, being a lot of, uh, having a lot of intentional conversations with them yeah, to make yeah. sure and that and it's, it's not just intentional conversations, it's also intentional actions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, we kind of talk a lot. Sometimes you need to model it. And, you know, you talk about, um, you want them to have a spirit of giving. Uh, but if you're not modeling it, if you're not giving, right? Like, especially my son, he'll say, hey, why are you giving so much? All You know, after that, we have no money. Why are you giving it away? It's like, no, it's good. It's, when you give, you know, I, I, th- I tell you, let me tell you a story. You know, this is what happened when I was young. You know, I started giving and you know what happened to me? I got this, I got that. So I, I you know, and you, you kind of compound it and like, I'm going to still give, right? And then now, you know, I, every, every year or so, you know, we kind of say, okay, pick seven of your toys, you know, your most favorite ones, pack it, we're going to give it away. No, no, no. Uh, but they do it anyway. And, and when they do it, they feel really good. Um, because when we go to a shelter home, or one, one, and when they give out the toys, they're like, mm, this is, you know, the guy was so happy. Look at the kids. Wow. It's a, actually, I didn't really play much with that toy. And, and this guy loves it so much. You know? So it's not, just, it's not just giving, right? It's they see gratitude. They, there's so many other characters that come alive, right? Um, and, and those things are, are the ones, the interventions that I talk about, you know. All right. So, so what happens if you don't actually develop uh, a character earlier on in life? How, how, how difficult is it to develop later on? I think it's not uh, ideal, but you still can, you know. Remember, it's like muscles, you know, to some extent, right? So, I mean, our body is very strange, 
right? Most things, right, like cars, the more you use it, the more depreciated and worn down it becomes. Our mm. body, our muscles, our the more you use it, the more you develop it. Yes. It's the same with character, right? If you had developed the character early on, you are able to withstand it. So when you have to carry lots of stuff, you're not as tired. Whereas if you haven't developed it, it becomes very tiring. But if you do it often enough, you know, if you have to carry your groceries every day, you know, and tons of, or you work in, a, in, a, in manual labor, you know, every day, over time, right, even if you had not developed your muscles when you were young, you're, you're still able to develop it. It just takes a longer time and it's a lot more painful. Uh, so you never lose hope. I mean, one of the things we start to do is character development in the corporate sector. How do we develop performance character? Um, if if folks have not understood, like for example, things like grid and willpower and self-control, I mean, these are things, curiosity, right? How do you help people ask questions? Because education is such that we throw in content, even the internet, right? So bad, right? Because the internet throws you content. Where's the curiosity to search, curiosity to ask, curiosity to dig deeper? Good news is when you're an adult, you want to do it. You know, the interventions are you. Uh, primarily diving in. So you must want to do it. I must want to be more curious. I must want to develop grit. I must want to develop willpower. And you can. I suppose it's uh, similarly to to earlier on in life. Uh, if you're in an organization, it's how do you build an environment where you're kind of um, forced in a way to set up a certain uh, habit and, and make sure that you keep going at it as yeah, well. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, to kind of close this out, um, I, I think it's important for us to realize that character is not just a product of one set of actions. You know, it's just not just teachers. Um, it's a combination of teachers, parents, the community that we live in, your neighbors. Um, you, know, you know, in the US, they have this ritual of uh, having lemonade stands. You know, it develops rejection, right? Because when people don't buy your lemonade, you know, you, you learn very early on how to handle rejection, how to, and, and this gets embedded into your character. So, you know, there are different things in different societies that enable character to be manifested and, 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 and developed in, in individuals. Um, so I think it's about the conversations, but it's also about the intentional choices that we make for our children. It's also about the intentional interventions, you know, the little interventions that are coupled together with those conversations. I mean, there are things when they become teenagers, right? that may be beyond our control and sometimes deviate them. But I think if you have very solid foundation, especially moral character, if you've developed very solid moral character early on, um, you you know that these guys will do the right thing. So it's a collective effort, sorry. They always say it takes a community to build a child. You know, it's not just the parents or the teachers or the neighbors or, you know, the grandparents or so on. It's really the community around them. I mean, if, if you happen to be, uh, you know, maybe a person who, who is uh, in charge of a community, you've got to start thinking about infrastructurally. How do you enable character to be developed? for young people, you know, for teenagers, uh, even for your younger employees in your organization, how do you systemically or infrastructurally create things, things like lemonade stalls, I mean, rituals that can enable character, you know, to be developed and to the, the right sort of character to be molded and to thrive in, in your organization or your community or your village. All right. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing, uh, Roshan, for joining us today. In the next few podcasts, uh, episodes that we'll have, we'll uh, delve a little bit deeper into specific character traits that we are talking about here. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.